0: Welcome to the gozen.com Mindful Minutes podcast with host Reenie Jane. In just a few minutes, you get the tools to take an anxious child from fear to freedom, peace is within reach. This is Reenie Jane with gozen.com and thanks for tuning in to Mindful Minutes today. Today we are going to talk about something that is incredibly perplexing to me and I think to a lot of people. We're going to talk about how our children face challenges and how they react to one another and to themselves i want to do this by telling you a story my best friend in high school jilly called me and she said these words it's thin she said it with a barely perceptible crack in her voice i knew this sound very well it's one that usually preceded tears I was on the phone with Jilly, my best friend, and we were both anxiously awaiting responses from the colleges we'd applied to. And before the age of email, this literally meant running to the mailbox every day or multiple times a day, even though they only delivered once a day, to see if your response letters came. The funny thing is, is that back in that day, it wasn't like email. You never actually even had to open the piece of mail that came from the college of your choice because rejections were sent in small, slim envelopes. It was usually just one typed page letting you know there was incredible competition and a lot of applications from qualified students. And unfortunately, they couldn't accommodate everyone, etc., etc. In contrast, acceptance letters were big. They were manila-like envelopes with oodles of welcome information. Jillian and I applied to the same schools. We wanted to go to the same school. We had our top choice, and we had been waiting for the letters to see if we got in. And she got hers the envelope was thin and the news wasn't good my heart sank when she said it's thin i knew the pain she was in it was a future we'd envisioned together a plan we mapped out on how we were going to take on the world in our next step in life and at that time it was important to us we sat in silence for a little bit until i heard the tiniest little whimper she was crying She was crying. I knew I had to say something. Here's what I said. Jilly, I know how much you wanted this and I'm so sorry. I can't believe it. But listen to me. Please don't cry. You applied to five other schools and one of them is going to be lucky enough to have a Jilly on their campus. Julie, talk to me. Tell me what you're thinking, what you're going through, because I feel your pain. We talked for hours. Julie and I worked on a new plan for her where she could even reapply to that same college after a year somewhere else. She felt better, and I felt better knowing my best friend had some relief from her heartache. All seemed pretty well. That was until the next day in school. I forgot my lunch money at home and I called my mom in between classes to see if she could drop some off. When I called, she had a strange tone in her voice. She said, Rini, you got your response in the mail. My mom didn't have to say anything else. I knew it was a thin envelope. I felt like someone kicked me in the gut. Even though I had a few minutes to spare, I told my mom I had to go and I hung up the phone. And then I slumped against the wall next to that payphone and I cried. And here's what I said to myself. I do this every time. I never spend enough time proofreading anything. I probably had typos in my essays. I'm such an idiot. How could I have thought it was even possible to get in there? I should have studied more for the SAT and ACT. I knew I should have taken them more seriously and spent more time on them. I should have taken them one more time. I totally deserve this. Here's the thing about this story I'm telling you. Jillian and I came from similar backgrounds. We were raised in the same neighborhood, had supporting, loving families, we went to the same schools, we had a lot of the same values. So the point is that Jillian and I were similar in a lot of ways. So, why, when faced with the same challenge, did I speak to her with compassion and to myself with criticism? The question is why? When it comes to our friends, are we so quick to express our compassion, genuine compassion? And when it comes to ourselves, we are so quick to be self-critical and berate ourselves. This story I'm telling you happens not just when we're kids, but throughout life. In fact, as we get older, I feel like it gets worse. I see people exhibiting untold, unbelievable compassion for others, for their children, and sometimes even for strangers. But when it comes to themselves or ourselves, when we lose jobs, when we get divorces, when we face a major life challenge, it becomes commonplace and it's completely acceptable to beat ourselves up. Why is there this gap, this compassion gap? And what does science have to say about the way we're treating ourselves? Well, there is actually a science to self-compassion. The world's leading expert on the science of self-compassion is researcher Kristen Neff. She says we can learn to stop judging and evaluating ourselves altogether, to stop labeling ourselves as good or bad, and simply accept ourselves with an open heart. Now, this might seem kind of hokey or cheesy or corny, and you might think, my teen or tween is never going to do that. But listen, there's a science and research behind this. So the framework that NEF has created to foster self-compassion is mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness toward ourselves. And... When we do this, when we are compassionate with ourselves the same way we are with our friends, when we close that compassion gap, we get closer to our goals. We have less anxiety. We exhibit less depressive symptoms. We exhibit greater well-being. That's what all the research shows us. So if we're kind and understanding with ourselves, just like we are with our friends when they face a challenge, we're actually able to get closer to our goal. Some of the other benefits of self compassion as we have better emotional coping skills, less fear of failure, more curiosity and motivation to learn, more feelings of connections to others, less anxiety and depression. Again, how do we do this? How do we help our kids nurture self-compassion? How do we get them to be their own best friends? Okay, so something you can do with your kids In order to nurture self-compassion is an exercise. So the one I'm going to describe is for kids who are a little bit younger. And of course, it can be modified for kids who are a little bit older. Grab a stuffed animal and have that stuffed animal represent your child's best friend or their imaginary best friend. Now, ask your child to tell you their best friend's name. So you can hold up the stuffed animal and introduce her as your child's best friend. You can say, this is Julie, your best friend. And you're going to introduce a challenge that Julie, this stuffed animal that's representing the best friend, has. For example, you can say, this is Julie, your best friend. She's really sad today because she didn't do well on her test in school. Can you talk to her and make her feel better? You're going to listen as your child gives her best friend advice, and you'll probably notice the innate compassion coming out. Ask your child next as a next step about a current challenge they're having or use one from the past as an example. Maybe they say something like, it's really hard to make more friends at school. Sometimes I'm not sure who to sit with at lunch. Tell them Julie, hold up the stuffed animal, has the same issue and ask them again to give her advice. So give this stuffed animal advice and depending on their age, you can guide them along. Now you tell your child. The way you talk to your best friend is the same way you can talk to yourself when you feel worried or when you feel challenged or when you have a problem, when you feel sad. When you feel any of these emotions, you can just label the emotion. Have your child stand in front of a mirror and give themselves advice about their challenge. Again, depending on their age, you can guide them along. Another thing that you can do with kids who are a little bit older, so tweens and teens, is you can do the same thing, the same role-playing exercise. You're trying to figure out what the compassion gap is. So you have them give you advice. Let's say you're role-playing and you're the person that they're giving advice to. Have them give themselves advice on the same challenge. And you want to highlight here the difference. What you want to do is say, why is it that you speak to me or your friends in a way that's different than the way you speak to yourself. So again, this is something that works well with kids who are a little bit older. So we are trying to get our children to talk to themselves because we all talk to ourselves, right? In a way that they talk to their best friends. And these exercises, as always, may seem super simple, but they're really effective, right? They're really effective because you're actually verbalizing it you're going to have aha moments, and you modify it to what seems appropriate to your kids, of course. So just to let you know the end of that particular story, um, I actually ended up getting in that thin envelope that I received was a waitlist envelope, and I ended up getting into the to that college, and Julie went to a different school. Thank you so much for joining us on Mindful Minutes, and oh, for those of you who are interested, um, I actually, that envelope that I received from the college was to ask for more information. I actually had left out a portion of the application, um, and so I don't know why they didn't call me, you know, it was back in the day. They sent, uh, they sent a snail mail envelope to ask for more information, and I did end up getting into the To the top school of my choice but you know the point of the story was really about how i dealt with the challenge and that there are are much better ways that we can treat ourselves that are not just fluff and and feel good things right the way that we talk to ourselves is super super important Nurturing self-compassion, not coddling ourselves, but nurturing self-compassion, being kind to ourselves, being understanding with ourselves, is scientifically shown to get us toward our goals and to increase our well-being. So today's been about self-compassion. I hope you join us at GoZen.com. As always, you can check out, we have some new bundled products with GoZen and GoStrengths. Um, We have two separate programs, as you may or may not know. Go Zen is for parents and educators and kids to really focus on anxiety relief. And Go Strengths focuses on social and emotional learning skills. And so now we have products that we've bundled together and discounted so you can get both of these programs. If you have any questions or just want to chat, always reach out to us at go at This is Rini Jane. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to speaking again with you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the gozen.com Mindful Minutes Podcast with host Rini Jane. Come back for more practical and powerful tips to take a child from fear to freedom. Remember, peace is within reach.